So Money Episode 228, Justin McLeod. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Attention, So Money singletons. This episode's for you. If you're seeking love and you like technology, well, our guest today is marrying the two with his new dating app called Hinge. You might have heard of it. And I have to be honest, I'm really behind the times when it comes to matchmaking apps. When I was dating years ago, there was, I think, Match.com and this thing called Lava Life or Lava Life. It, I don't think it's around anymore. And it was still weird to say you met your boyfriend or your wife online. It was not kosher. People would make up all sorts of lies and say, oh, well, we met at Barnes and Nobles or we met at a dinner party when really, really, you met at 2 a.m. online in your pajamas courtesy of Match.com, let's be honest. Now the online dating industry is an estimated $2 billion market with popular matchmaking apps from Tinder to Coffee Meets Bagels, Bumble, The League. I had to research all those names. I didn't know those off the top of my head. And there's a relatively new player in the field called Hinge. And our guest today is the founder and CEO of Hinge. His name is Justin McLeod. Hinge is a relationship app that helps people meet through friends. Unlike apps that show you random people in your area, Hinge only shows you people in your social circles. Basically, think of Hinge as a good friend who's trying to set you up with all their single friends. And over time, they start to prioritize the matches based on your preferences and tastes. Justin is a graduate of Colgate University. He took a job in management consulting first and then went on to attend Harvard for business school. He always has had a real passion for connecting people, and he decided to follow it years later when he founded Hinge in February of 2011. Shortly thereafter, in February of 2013, the app launched officially and the rest is history. And you've got to listen to how he started the company. It started because of a girl as all tech fairy tale stories begin. Now, according to an article released this year, Hinge has made over 8 million matches and uh, it boasts 35,500 dates per week and 1,500 relationships have happened due to the app. It's currently live in dozens of cities here in the US, as well as London, Toronto, Sydney, and Mumbai. And just last year, the app's active user base grew 5X. Several takeaways from our call with Justin, including uh, how to start a competitive company in an already crowded marketplace. I mean, how did Justin really set Hinge apart from all the competition? Justin's self-described insane investment strategy, and I have to agree with him, his portfolio contains two stocks. That's it. No index funds, no diversification of a basket of you know equities. It's two stocks, and he'll tell you which ones. And the real-life mega entrepreneurs that Justin has the great fortune of knowing and learning from personally. So here we go, unhinging Justin McLeod. Justin McLeod, welcome to So Money. Great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Let's start by talking about your new app. It started, uh, well, launched in 2013, Hinge. I'm really impressed because now while I'm not your target audience, I'm married. I, I, I find it really impressive that you and your team went forward with this idea knowing that the market is, well, it's not saturated, but I feel like there are some really big players in the online dating space and they seem to have some pretty healthy market share. You felt you had something really different to offer. So tell us about Hinge and how it differentiates from, say, Tinder and Coffee Meets Bagels and even Match.com. Uh, yeah. So interesting, when I started Hinge, there really wasn't Tinder and Coffee Meets Bagel and all these other apps. It was really Match.com and OkCupid. And so uh, I think the opportunity that we saw was that, gosh, so much has changed since these other since these sites were founded. I mean, mobile came along, uh, social came along in the form of Facebook, big data processing capabilities came along. And it seemed like there was a completely different way uh, to help people meet that wasn't this old fashioned fill out a long profile and then search through other people's profiles. And so we wanted to get smart about helping you meet the kinds of people that you would meet in real life if you had more time to go out to more house parties and dinners and weddings and that kind of thing. And so the idea of basing uh, your dating experience around your social network um, using Facebook was sort of the germ of that idea. And then um, right after we started, that's when Tinder really started to rise. And I think the, the big question in the market is which other app will end up sort of if Tinder is out there for sort of uh, casual relationships, like which one can get out there for dating and more romantic relationships uh, and long-term relationships. And, and that's what we're trying to be. So you're differentiating yourself by saying we're not here for the, you know, the just meeting up for coffee, the hookup, the Mr. Right Now, but really for a longer-term relationship, kind of like what eHarmony pr- uh, promises. Yeah, more about finding the right person and less about finding someone for right now. I think that's that's pretty much exactly a way to say it. How old are you, Justin? Uh, I'm 31 now. Okay. So go back 10 years, right? I, mm-hmm. I, what, this is a completely modern phenomenon because I feel like even um, 10 years ago which isn't that long ago because I was dating also in my in at that point finding a match online was not something that you advertised or, or discussed like it wasn't this cool way to meet people you would lie and you'd say you met at Starbucks or yeah, you met at a right. dinner party now there is absolutely no taboo what changed culturally uh well i think the like the tinders and the hinges of the world changed it because um i think in the old world you it, it kind of signaled desperation if you were going to use an online dating site because it was painful, because you had to pay money, because you had to fill out a really long profile. And you'd really only go through that, right, if you were uh, having a lot of trouble in the real world. And so, and, and it's a vicious cycle, right? Because if, if you know that only other people who are having trouble in the real world are going to do that, then, you know, it's, it, it's sort of, it has that stigma to it. Um, what changed was was sort of like the one-click sign-up, right? With, with uh, Tinder, which uses geolocation, and with Hinge, which uses your social network. Uh, it basically gives you the ability with one tap to start seeing people around you. And there, and there really should be no stigma with that, right? Like why, like, why not? Why wouldn't you do that? It's free. It's super easy. And it gives you the opportunity to meet people you may not have been able to meet otherwise. There's still a little bit of legacy stigma just because it, it traditionally is an industry where there was some stigma associated with it. But I think because of 
um, this one click sign up type of thing. It's, it's pretty much all but faded now. Um, in this new world. I read that Hinge is also making it harder for you to be a cheater and use the app. Whereas astoundingly, I read something like 40%, 40% of, of Tinder's user base uh, is either like in a relationship or dating, married, and they're on there uh, presumably right. to find someone else. Um, but your app does not really allow for that. Or if it does, you're going to get caught. That's right. I mean, one, only like fewer than 3% of our users, that's the case. And, uh, and second, if you do, we're adding a feature that essentially just displays your relationship status on your profile. If it's so if you're in a relationship on Facebook, um, it's going to show up. So Justin, you're in your early 30s, you've already started a business, and it's been very successful. As far as your money is concerned, what's your financial philosophy? Uh, you know, I'm kind of a, a high risk person. Uh, so I, uh, I invest a lot in, in, uh, assets and I don't, I don't think too much. I mean, I have my 401k that I had way back when I was, uh, uh, and I assume you mean personal finance, right? Or, or right. You mean no, yeah. Finance? Yeah. Yeah. Personal, fi- personal finance. Absolutely. So yeah. you had a 401k. Where did you work? Uh, I worked at I worked at a uh, uh, at a consulting firm. It was called PRTM for my mm-hmm. first two years out of school, and so I socked away some money there. I, I think I, I maxed out, like it said to do. I maxed out my my Roth four hundred one k contributions, and then uh, and then later rolled that into an IRA in which I now own only Tesla stock and Google. <laughs> so, so you uh, are f- fully invested in Tesla and Google. That's it. Yeah, that's literally my entire retirement. Oh my gosh! Upon Google and Tesla, and no, uh, like Vanguard passive index. No, funds. <laughs> definitely not. Those are such ripoffs. You know, I just uh, everything that I've read about the the management fees and systemic underperformance of the market. Uh, I just I don't I don't believe in mutual funds, and I know what I'm doing is is actually relatively insane. Uh, because yeah, no so. one would would tell you to, uh, you know, put your entire financial retirement uh, account into one or two companies. But I'm young and I have a risk tolerance. And frankly, most of my assets are tied up in hinge stock. And so this is my opportunity to, um, you know, balance out and, and diversify a little bit. And I just really, really believe in these companies. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm up like 50 or 60 percent. So you got uh, in those. at a pretty good time with Google. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. So today, maybe buying Google, I'm not so sure. If it's, yeah, maybe not. All I'm your still, eggs in, in Google. Still, they have a whole lot of data and there's a whole lot more they can do with it. Uh, and we'll see what happens in the future. And I just think Elon Musk is probably a space alien here to sit, like, safe and <laughs> And I just want to back him up. He's not human, right? <laughs> He's definitely not. He comes from another planet. Oh my gosh. Someone told me, I was at lunch the other day actually with someone, and he told me he, like, he really had a theory that Elon Musk was an alien, and, and somewhere they've just been watching us, they're tired of us kind of dilly dallying around, and they probably drew straws, and Elon Musk got the short one and then came down to Earth to give us, you know, solar power and electric cars and but perhaps space travel. If that's, and- yeah, I think it's all relative. You know, maybe people were saying the same thing about Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein, and yeah, you're assuming they're not aliens either. Yeah, right? There's probably a whole <laughs> gaggle of aliens, and they come exactly. every, every few days 
decades. What was your exposure to money growing up, Justin, and even entrepreneurship? I, I think they, they go hand in hand in your case. Uh, what was your experience, your, your greatest money memory, as I ask on the show growing up? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So I grew up, uh, you know, in a pretty entrepreneurial family. My, my dad had ran his own business. My uncle ran his own business, um, always. So I never had a parent, um, who really had a, had like a traditional job. Uh, my mom was a lawyer and then a judge. So, uh, I think that was kind of just out of the question for me, uh, growing up. It's kind of weird how your, how your family situation kind of dictates what you consider normal, but it just didn't seem normal to get a job. And so I felt very like out of place and weird having a job when I was doing consulting and I knew that I wanted to eventually do my own thing. Um, and so I, I, I didn't hear my parents, especially because they're also sort of more entrepreneurial. They were never like 401k types or sock away your money types. They're kind of just like invest in good things and go. <laughs> and that's kind of, I think that's been my philosophy too. Wow. So did your parents have also a quote unquote insane investment strategy where like they only invested in, I don't know, Microsoft? Yeah. You know, my dad's crazy. He's, you know, now he's in his seventies and he, he is still like a day trader. Uh, so he's like pretty, he likes the, the high risk, uh, environment. So uh, I'm, I'm curious as you were clearly entrepreneurships in your blood, risk takings in your DNA. But when it came to figuring out what am I going to launch? Were you look, were you approaching it as more of a, like a strategic, like what does the market need or, or, and, or, you know, here's a $2 billion market, which is the uh, online dating market space. Lots of yeah. potential. I'm going to go here. That should be 10 times bigger. Yeah. Yep. Or was it like, I need this in my life and I want to launch it. What was the impetus? Yeah. You know, it was kind of a combination of things. So, uh, I thought I wanted to work in, in healthcare and that's why I, I was, I was kind of doing that in consulting. And then I went to business school and my summer in between my two years of business school, I worked in healthcare and realized I, I really didn't like it and came back and really had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, I actually accepted a, a job with McKinsey, which is another consulting firm out there and, uh, was kind of planning on going there. Uh, and I started working my second semester, my, uh, second year of business school on an idea that I had, which was totally separate from, from Hinge. And in, as I was working on that project and I turned it into an independent study, so I had to work on some sort of startup idea, uh, their Valentine's day came along and there was this last chance dance party and everyone had to say who they were interested in. And then, you know, the student government would let you know if there were any sort of mutual interests and they decided not to do it because it was too complicated. And they thought about hiring Deloitte. And there was this girl that I really, really wanted to list, uh, who sat across from me <laughs> in one of my afternoon seminars. It's always about a girl. Like, it's always yeah, about a girl. I know. And I was like, ah, like, you know, I really, I've got to make sure this happens. Uh, so I, I took it upon myself to create it. So I made an the, app. So I made an, <laughs> yes. So I made an app and oh my uh, goodness. ultimately she did not list me, but the idea for hinge kind of grew out of that and I started running with it. And then the time came to decide whether or not I was going to you know, go to McKinsey or, or work on this. And I decided to take a chance and work on this to the echoes, horror of my parents. Kind of echoes Mark Zuckerberg's start with Facebook where although... <laughs> Yours doesn't sound as dramatic. He apparently, according to the movie, which apparently is wrong, but they said that he was um, 
trying to get back at a girl who dumped him and yeah. created like the Facebook and then it's and then it parlayed into what is now the largest most I guess the richest com- one of the richest companies in the world. Yep. Uh so Justin, what is your biggest failure to date? Financial failure. Uh that well, I mean one of my one of my most searing memories was uh uh and I think that was when uh, I was in, I was working in consulting and I, and I, I had some money in a, in like a stock trading account, like a Scott trade or something like that. And, um, my dad would always pass me these, these little tips. And so I had like $10,000 in a Scott trade account and he passed me this tip for this biotech stock I knew nothing about. And I, so I bought, I don't know, a few thousand dollars worth of stock in it. And I watched it go that day from 80 cents to like a dollar ten, and I was like, "Holy cow!" And I just I just watched myself gain like you know almost thousand dollars. I was like, "Okay, well that's pretty cool." So I bought then I bought like ten thousand dollars worth of the stock. And you then it, are risk averse. Yeah, well, not I, risk averse. Yeah, I should yeah, say. Yeah, not risk averse. So then it I watched it and I made and I like I saw like th- my my account had gone up to thirty thousand dollars and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And I got on an airplane because I was flying back that day. And by the time I landed, my account was worth like five hundred dollars. And, um, so I got burned that day pretty badly and had to come to terms with, I just like wiped out all my retirement savings in, in a single trade. And, uh, doesn't sound like you've learned from that mistake, Justin. You've got two, well, you you've know, got two I did. stocks in I your did. retirement. I, I now, I now invest in, in things I really believe in and understand and know. Um, and despite my joking about Elon Musk being an alien, I actually really believe in that company. And I, and I think that it has a really good long-term future. Uh, and I knew nothing about this, right? Like I'm, 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 uh, for me, it's not about the gamble. Um, it's much more about investing in things that where I see really big trends and I invest in the long term and hold, and I don't look at it on a daily or weekly or frankly, even monthly basis. I actually have no idea what my, what the account looks like right now. Sometimes my dad will call and like congratulate me because it's just shot up some more, but for the most part, um, I don't, I don't even look at it. Yeah, where is Tesla trading at right now? Two hundred forty-two bucks and fifty cents. What what price did you buy it at? Uh, I think I got in in the mid one uh, hundreds. That's good. It's yeah. down, by the way, ten percent today. So good thing you weren't checking. Uh, so yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk success. Your most. Uh, your proudest financial moment, as I say, your so money moment, a time in your life where you really feel you reached a financial pinnacle of sorts. What happened? Where were you? What What were you feeling? Um, well, uh, I think, I mean, that's probably more hinge related. Uh, my successes in finance have been more hinge related than anything else. And, um, I mean, one thing that happened, and this gets back to my, I guess, insane, I'm just starting to realize what a, like a gambling addict I am. Gosh. Uh, when we were, uh, so Hinge actually started in 2011 when I was coming out of business school and I, uh, worked on it for a couple of years and it really wasn't going anywhere. Uh, I had a few thousand users, but I just, I, I was still doing a lot of learning on how to, how to, how to create a, an app, how to create a consumer company. And, so around November 2012, we had three months of cash left and, uh, and I decided, and we, we just weren't going anywhere. And I sort of rallied my team and I said, listen, like we are going to run out of cash and this whole game's going to be up in three months unless we do something drastic. And so we decided to completely rip down everything we'd done, rebuild an, uh, a mobile app 
um, with a vastly simplified user interface, and then launched it in DC around Valentine's Day of 2013. And we took our last $25,000. So we literally, after that, only had $7,000 in the bank. Uh, And we threw it on a giant 3,000-person open bar launch party (laughs) in DC. And, uh, And that got enough people... Uh, to the party and got enough people using the app. We matched up more people the next day than we had throughout the entire uh, history of the app over the last year and a half. And that allowed us to get the seed investment that brought us to um, where we are today, frankly. So we were very close. Now, I thought this was going to go a different direction. Like you threw the party and then you went broke. Yeah, we didn't. We, we, We were able to show enough traction that next day that we uh, that we were able to convince investors to pile in some more money to make sure we didn't we didn't go broke, and then you know we've raised twenty million dollars since what? then. What? Yeah, five, five, Justin. That's amazing. That is yeah. And there's more where that came from. I'm sure this market is not <laughs> shrinking. No, I don't think so. No, I think it's only growing, um, and we're still figuring out who the players are going to be in the long term for sure. It's still early days. Hmm. What do you think is going to be the uh, the differentiator, like what at the end of the, you know, is it uh, as far as you can tell? I mean, clearly you're, you want, you think you believe Hinge is going to be the yeah winner here, it, but what, what, what do you, what are you concentrating on most to make sure that you cross that finish line? Creating a trusted quality brand, I think is, is the number one thing. I mean, there's no, there's no service out there in the dating space that people love, right? Like no one comes away from match.com and, and, and says, gosh, I met the love of my life. And not only did I meet the love of my life, it was just such an enjoyable, amazing experience. And I just love Match. And I wrote them a love letter about how much I love their service. Like no one talks that way because no one actually, there's no service out there that really has a lot of brand affinity to it and that people feel really attached to. Um, And that's mostly because most of these companies are marketing companies. They're not, it's not, they, they don't think a lot about the end user in terms of creating an amazing end user experience. They think about, you know, how do we how do we sell people to buy a monthly subscription in our service and then we know they're going to turn 6 months later because our service is awful uh but you know maybe they'll find someone maybe they won't and i think we're a super user centric um brand centric company that's trying to shift that paradigm we have a lot of work to do because that's not a simple problem um creating a dating experience that appeals to a whole lot of people and makes everyone happy is 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 non trivial but I think I think that's that's our play. Well, I like I said, I'm not your target audience as I'm married um, happily. But my brother, who's 24, uh, is a big fan, and I know he used to use Tinder, and then now he's all about Hinge. And you were brought to my attention by my team, all in their 20s, who are like, "You've got to interview Justin. Hinge is the new best experience when it comes to online matchmaking." And um, so uh, I have to say, you know, from the tr- in the trenches in, in New York City, <laughs> we are we are big fans. <laughs> awesome! That's that's really great to hear. Um, that's what we're trying to do. All right, Justin, what's your number one financial habit? This is something that you do often, maybe not every day, but it's a conscious habit that helps you with your money. Huh. Um, I'm not sure if I have too many financial habits. I have um, that are, are daily basis habits. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I don't have daily financial habits. 
I try not to think about finances that much, at least personal finances. I kind of just trust my hinge stock. <laughs> like that, that's the majority, you know, like I'm, I'm super liquid. I, I rent my apartment and my apartment is a couch and a bed. Um, I have my little Roth IRA, which is only Tesla stock and, and Google. And then I've got my hinge stock and that's like literally all I have. So your habit um, is you don't think about it. You try to keep it really simple and all, all bets in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it. Um, yeah. But I don't look at these things. On well, I guess spoken like a true entrepreneur, I suppose, <laughs> a hyper, uh, you know, a tech entrepreneur that uh, just got a $20 million round of funding. So yeah, your users, I mean, your listeners are probably like face palming right now. They're probably like, <laughs> they're, like they're slapping their no idea like, what this guy is talking about. Yeah. They're like, don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're second guessing their index funds. Don't guys. Index no, funds are good. Good. Second guess me. Yeah. Um, well, no, we'll, we'll live vicariously through you and uh, let us know how it goes. Before we let you go, I want to ask you some so many fill in the blanks. This is the part of the show where I start off a sentence and you finish it. The first thing that comes to mind. If okay. I won the lottery tomorrow, uh, this is not, you know, someone coming in giving you more money for hinge, but you literally get a sack of money on your doorstep is a hundred million bucks. The first thing I would do is. Probably just keep what I'm doing, what I'm doing, honestly, and maybe open like an ashram somewhere <laughs> and practice a lot of yoga, but, uh, but probably just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, cool. Yeah. So are you really into yoga? Do you attribute that to your health and wealth? Yeah. Oh, huge. Uh, yeah. To a huge extent. I mean, I meditate every day. I try to practice yoga almost on a daily basis. I teach yoga. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty into that stuff. Interesting. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? Mm. Uh, the first thing that came to mind for me is travel. Uh, I, I definitely do a fair amount. And I think that that's just a big enriching thing for me. And it's the thing that allows me to get away. Like I have to take on, I have to unplug from Hinge. Sidebar question, Justin, who are your entrepreneurial mentors, even if they're just virtual? The ones I sort of like look up to theoretically mm -hmm. or the ones I actually talk to on a well, regular basis? Maybe both. That, that would be interesting for us to, to know. Uh, yeah. The, so Andy Dunn has been a huge one for me uh, that I actually talk to on a regular basis. Uh, he's he's on the board at, at Hinge. He's the founder of Bonobos. Uh, and he's just been a totally phenomenal uh, mentor for me, just guiding me through uh, all the steps of, of creating a business. Uh, Human Radfar is another. Uh, he's the, the founder of, um, it used to be called Clear Spring and now it's called Add This. It's that little orange plus sign you see all over the internet where it's like, you know, add this to Facebook or add this to Twitter. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. He <laughs> yeah, created I know, add this. Yeah. Uh, so he created Add This. He's been a big one for me. Um, uh, so yeah, I think those are, those are the guys that, that I really look up to and have really been, been helpful for me along the way. Uh, Richard Branson's always been my kind of, uh, theoretical entrepreneurial mm -hmm. hero. Well, maybe sure. you'll meet him soon. Yeah. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is. Oh God. Um, uh, clothes, especially me undies. I just bought an absurd really? amount of me undies. Do you, did you know what these are? These are like, I find something that I like and then I buy like a hundred of them. 
Underwear. Uh, Underwear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard of MeUndies? They are the most amazing. No, is it just for men? I sound like I'm paid by them, but I'm not. I'm just, (laughs) I'm so obsessed. I like, I literally cannot wear any of my This is the first time I've ever talked about underwear on the show. Um, Is this just just for dudes or also ladies? No, they have women. They have women's lines. MeUndies? Yeah. M E and then Undies. I like, I just, I, I'm I'm I I literally, I bought like two pair. And then I, I wore them and I couldn't put on any of my other underwear ever again. $16 so a pop. I'd say that's a splurge. Yeah, yeah $20 even. Me Undies, world's most comfortable underwear socks too. Yeah. Oh, they have socks? Shit. That's what it says. <laughs> um, I'd have well, to get into that. I'm going to check them out. Okay. I learned something new every day on this show. When I... Okay, well, actually, there's one before this one. When I was growing up, the one thing I wish I'd known about money is... God, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question is now. Maybe I haven't learned enough about money in my old age and wisdom to bring any new knowledge to me. <laughs> well, it's not like you, <laughs> you did learn quite a bit and you retained a lot since you were a kid to uh, to help educate you now as an adult. So yeah. I'll give you a I'll give you a get out of jail free card. Okay, fair enough. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because. Uh, yeah, I give I give mostly to things that my friends are doing. So my friends get involved with charities. Um, and I kind of, I guess I'm a social network type of person, but, um, uh, mostly, uh, it's, it's friends, charities, um, usually around education stuff, because I think that that's just, uh, no one deserves a bad education and it really just sets you on the path for the rest of your life. So whatever you can do to even the playing field a little bit there, because it's not an even playing field at all, um, is something that I think about. And last but not least, I'm Justin McLeod, founder of Hinge. I'm so money because... Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think reflecting on this interview, I think it's, you know, I'm not afraid to take risks, I think, Um, whether it's uh, uh, financial or otherwise. uh, I think that that's been a big reason for my success, a big reason for why I guess I could have been a failure at any given points and have had low points, certainly. But but I think it's, I guess it's that risk-taking aspect. Well, again, always fun to live vicariously through the risk takers. And I really appreciate what you're doing in this space for connecting potential romances. And my brother thanks you because he's had some <laughs> successful dates on Hinge. Awesome. Thanks so much. This is fun. Thanks, Justin. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Hinge, download the app by visiting hinge.co. You can also follow the company on Twitter at Hinge App. We've got all this info at somoneypodcast.com where you can also grab the transcript and comments from this episode and all previous episodes. And I want to hear from you. Submit your question about money or work, life and guests at somoneypodcast.com. And there's a very good chance that I will answer it that week. And as a reminder, if you'd like the chance to win a free 15 minute money session with me, hop on iTunes and leave a review for this show. Every Saturday, I pick one new reviewer to receive a free 15 minute money blitz with me. I've been doing this for some time. Love connecting with you one-on-one. So if you are interested in this, please leave a review and hopefully we'll connect. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope your day is so money. So money.